and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Flavia Munn, editor of Nursing Standard, and the topic of today's podcast is receiving and giving feedback. Now, receiving feedback is an essential learning process for all nursing students, but how do you handle the negative comments and use it to advance your skills? And can the same tips be applied to nurses receiving feedback and who may want to use it for reflection and revalidation? Joining me to discuss this topic are nurse lecturers Amy Dobson and Lawrence Drew from University of Surrey's School of Health Sciences. So welcome to the podcast, Amy and Lawrence. Good morning. Good morning, thank you. Thank you for joining me. So I wanted to start with um, quite an obvious question, really, which I'll, I'll direct at you, Amy, if that's OK, which is what is the purpose of feedback? So the purpose of feedback primarily is to improve performance or to help us with self-development. Um, but again, in the case of healthcare practice, it really ultimately is to ensure best practice in our patient care, improve our patient care. Um, but one of the things to remember is that feedback, and I think we're going to cover that as we chat, is quite multifaceted. Um, and so hopefully we'll have a think about feedback and feed forward probably. Okay. Lawrence, do you have anything to add on that? No, I'd agree. And obviously, one of the obviously things we can use feedback for is uh, obviously to reinforce, you know, uh, good good practice, like Amy says, but also, you know, to give that sort of positive element, hopefully to give people a bit of a boost, you know, if they're maybe um, struggling with something to show that actually they are competent um, and actually they're achieving what they said to achieve so it's you know it can be a really good tool uh, you know to encourage people um, you know to move forward uh, and, and show what they're actually doing in terms of their development uh, when they're in clinical practice brilliant thanks and I know we're going to cover some of that as well and um, perhaps if I can stick with you there Lawrence has, has got you on the mic um, <laughs> how, how should it be de delivered in, in your opinion feedback <clears throat> well, I suppose generally you know we, we sort of separate it into two different uh, um, sort of uh, ways of delivering feedback in terms of being uh, sort of quite flexible and informal. So often the thing that we don't recognise or acknowledge is that sort of informal chit chat that, you know, sometimes where, you know, because it's it's sort of at the minute, you know, it's, it's when it's happening. Uh, so sometimes for our practice partners, you know, when a student's in practice, it's giving them, you know, uh, sort of feedback directly you know, once they've completed something, you know, rather than having to wait to make it sort of formal, which I'll sort of uh, talk about in a minute, but that sort of, you know, uh, ability to be able to give people that uh, to the minute sort of feedback by saying, yeah, that was really good, or, you know, perhaps next time try and do it this way. You know, it can give people, you know, uh, something to hang on um, when they're trying to, you know, maybe, you know, demonstrate a skill or, uh, you know, tick off a, a particular aspect of their clinical training. Um, and then obviously we have some formal feedback where maybe that's something that needs to be, you know, uh, done in collaboration with a practice assessor uh, or, you know, a clinical uh, practice partner where we take the time out maybe of clinical practice to sit down and discuss something maybe in a bit more detail and a bit more depth, you know, and give real specifics about, you know, what somebody has achieved, but also maybe where they want to go, you know, to, to obviously demonstrate sort of further the uh, achievement um, and, you know, and these things sort of you know like the formalization of our, our practice documents uh, and things like that um, but generally speaking you know it's making the most of those opportunities particularly that informal feedback um, to show people you know where, where they're at um, in a particular aspect of their training. Yeah brilliant is, is there anything further Amy from you on that do you think in terms of the delivery? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that the real thing that um, Lawrence picked up on there that so many of us miss is that sort of everyday feedback that um, mm. gives us hints and it gives us tips and often gives us encouragement. Um, and bizarrely, but we all we're all the same at this is when none of us are very good at hearing those small little encouraging comments. We tend to just focus on on some of the negatives or um, and miss those opportunities in the moment. Um, but that's also where we we need to start getting our heads thinking about the difference between so feed forward and feed back, as I said before, because mm -hmm. feed forward is about flipping your mind and about thinking that the information you're being given is to help you in the in the, in the future moving forward. So it takes you from thinking when you look at feedback and you only see, um, especially if we're talking the more formal feedback, all you see is what have I done wrong? rather than when you see feedback in a more positive and how am I going to move forward with this you start to think about what am I going to do positively in the future and it changes your whole mindset around how you absorb that information. Mm, thank you and I was going to ask you actually about how students can take feedback in a constructive manner and I know often we, we all tend to see what we might perceive as the the negative over the positive. Absolutely. And, and we're all like that. I mean, um, if it helps any student listening, um, every lecturer, tutor, programme lead that reads the um, National Student Survey, the first thing we all look at is the negative. So we're, we're all exactly the same. Um, and there'll be streams of lovely positive comments about how great the programme was, but all we see is the, is the, the negative comments. So that's fairly natural and Lawrence is our mental health expert I don't profess to be but I'm sure there's um, a, a normal psychology in how we all respond to that so so the sort of things that students first need to do is think about all the opportunities they've had um, try not to to focus on the minutiae so try not to focus on those tiny little points try and look at what the overall comments are so sometimes I mean every university will do this differently and if we're thinking about written formal feedback on a piece of academic work many places will annotate a script and you might find that certain tutors and and also remember that you'll find different people's style works better for you um, but lots of people will pick up on little things whereas actually you're trying to look at the overall picture what were the key things that someone said that are where my strengths are um, the other bit about how students can take it constructively is make sure that they understand so I think one of the things people do really well is ask for help understanding feedback if you haven't been successful. But actually, there's often lots of opportunities to discuss feedback, um, even when you have been. And not many people, in my experience, take that opportunity up. Um, and then when you do chat to someone, you realise that they haven't necessarily understood your terms. So it's really important you actually take some time to understand what someone's saying to you. Mm, yeah, definitely. And and Lawrence, do you have anything to, to add from a, a mental health perspective? Well, I suppose I agree with Amy that, um, you know, it's really important that it's about you know, your mindset and that one of the big things to maybe overcome for a lot of us is, is that sort of element of perfection that we sort of set ourselves these really high standards that we have to be amazing at everything and actually we're only human uh, and there are certain things we may be better at than others uh, and when obviously receiving feedback constructively uh, it's important obviously that we're open you know to, to hearing uh, you know about how we can develop because you know one of the things we often talk about is you know particularly for us as tutors is is how we frame feedback and it shouldn't be 
you know, a criticism, it should be framed positively, like Amy was saying, and, and you know, obviously give people the opportunity to see both, even if they've been successful or, or, you know, maybe have struggled with something, that it is an opportunity to get better, you know, because even if you're very, very good, there's still space to be excellent, you know, uh, and it's main maintaining those sort of standards. So it's just trying to get yourself into that mindset that, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, and actually, you know, depending on the situation, um, that there may be a different way of doing things. It doesn't necessarily mean that someone's done it wrong or that they're bad. It just means that maybe there's there's something else that we can add to our toolbox, you know, so that when presented with a different situation, we have the, those skills to be able to maybe, you know, uh, apply what we've learned. Um, so it's that openness to, to receiving, you know, uh, and also that willing to, to get that feedback as well. So rather than obviously closing ourselves down and uh, obviously seeing it as this criticism, it, it's you know, obviously actively seeking it. And like Amy says, you know, going to people and say, can you just clarify what it is that I did well, uh, as well as, you know, maybe what I do need to improve on. Um, and often when we think about reflection, you know, we talk about, you know, rather than focusing on the negatives, it's let's focus on, OK, so what did you do well? You know, what have you learned from this process? And then what are you going to go and do differently tomorrow? You know, so that opportunity maybe to t take it forward rather than just sort of saying, well, I'm not good at this, uh, so therefore I failed. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, really useful for, for everyone, I think, those tips. And I also wanted to ask um, if any of these tips that you're offering here can be also applied to students on clinical placements receiving feedback. I mean, perhaps, Lawrence, you want to continue with that one and then we'll pick up with Amy. No, definitely. Uh, one of the biggest issues, I suppose, for our nursing students and, and health professional students is when they're in clinical practice, particularly at the beginning of their placements, you know, they've got to get to know people, you know, and often all those anxieties around starting somewhere new, not really knowing, you know, how people work. Um, you know, a lot of that then obviously allows us to sort of slip into sort of that negative mindset of, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, I'm not fitting in. Um, but actually, with our practice partners, you know, it's a real opportunity, you know, both to showcase what you are bringing to the table, but also, you know, it's an opportunity, you know, to, to learn and develop and grow. Um, and when in clinical practice, one of the things obviously we encourage our students to do is, uh, again, to seek, you know, feedback, uh, particularly depending on the level of their study. So obviously for our new students who've just started this week, um, what we're talking a lot about is, you know, think about their strengths, think about you know why they started this journey uh, so when they go into clinical practice you know use that as their driving force you know, to be able to obviously demonstrate that as, as a you know a first point and then obviously for our second and third years it's thinking about where they're at you know what have they learned but also what do they need to learn because then obviously when they're seeking feedback maybe they can get that clarity on this is what i've set out to achieve in this placement am i meeting those standards or is there still stuff that i need to maybe develop because um, hopefully then i'll give the, those students the opportunity to you know, obviously not have that sort of vague feedback around, well, you sort of did okay. It's more specific about what they're trying to learn at that point of their training. Yeah, thank you. And, and Amy, anything to add on, on that one? Um, yes, possibly, and it probably links with, I know what you're going to ask us next, really, but um, <laughs> um, part of... Um, a part of how you take this into clinical practice or through your whole career, really, um, mm is it's a receiving feedback well is about becoming a naturally reflective person which is very easy to say and not necessarily so easy to do but I think one of the things we often do is focus on um, specific element feedback which we've already just talked about so we're talking about with an assignment um, 
Whereas actually what we just need to be is more open to listening and observing how people react to us, becoming more emotionally aware, um, becoming more emotionally intelligent. So um, responding to, um, so if we're thinking about feedback that patients give us out in clinical practice, so um, how does a patient respond to the way you're talking to them? Are they more open? Do you close them down? And that's all about listening and looking and just becoming reflective and considering how other people are responding to you um, and that's not something that comes naturally and easily straight away from it, it does to some people and some people are naturally um, good reflectors but it's about trying to not just only think about I'm having this assessment on this date and that's when I'm going to receive feedback it's, it's about thinking about how everyone is responding to you all the time I'm not sure if that really helped answer the question but it's um, oh, no, it, it does. And you're, you're right. It, it helps us to lead on to our, <laughs> our <laughs> question, which is a good segue. So, yeah, because I was also going to ask you about um, nurses who, who may wish to, to use um, feedback for revalidation purposes. You know, you were just talking about reflection. Yeah. Is it something that really you can start the journey from from university on in terms of becoming a, a reflective nurse? Is, is that what you're saying, Amy? Absolutely. And mm. I think it's it's also and you know please don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not perfect at this myself but um it so many people I know still see the your revalidation document and your reflections within it as as a hurdle you've got to step through or a process um and actually if you um just generally take a few moments out of most of most of your day like many nurses qualified nurses would say to me especially in this role which we highlighted at the beginning has a very long title but now I spend a lot of my time with um, working with qualified nurses in CPD um, and um, people look at an event rather than I just think well how do your patients talk to you what do you notice as your strengths in clinical practice what do your colleagues tell you that they draw from you so for some people that'll be about how calm they are in a an urgent situation for other people it'd be about their organizational skills or their communication skills or the fact that they're the person that every patient will um, tell their deepest darkest secrets to you then stop and think well what is it about me that allows me to do that what am I because that's all feedback it's all mm. telling you how you are and how you're developing as a practitioner but also maybe the areas that you could focus on then to expand your knowledge or expand your learning or focus your development um, and I think we're quite good at formal receiving and giving of feedback, but we forget about that sort of day to day information that we get all the time. And if our qualified colleagues take note of those things and think about oh, that letter that you got and how did that make you feel when you got that? Thank you. And what was it particularly that someone was thanking you for? What was it that you gave them? Um, actually then revalidation would no longer become this beast that we all fear because we've just been naturally doing it as we go through our day-to-day -day world. Mm. It sounded like you were agreeing there, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and obviously you know, in the day-to-day -day running of things, and I know obviously from my own time in practice, but also from working with practice colleagues still, that, you know, that sort of element of just being busy, and particularly at the minute more so than ever, um, people sort of find it hard to take a moment to stop and think about, you know, where they're at, what they're doing, and the positive uh, sort of impact they're having, not just on you know uh, their patients' lives, but colleagues uh, as well as obviously our, our students. Um, uh, and as Amy says, it's just obviously. 
being able to hear that uh, and taking a moment to, to think about it and think about what specifically is it that you do. Uh, and it can be you know minor things, but actually you know those minor things often are the things that make the biggest difference and they should be our selling points. So when we're doing our reflections, it's it's actually identifying those those things that we do that are part of us as people, um, that you know those values that we hold dear, that obviously make the biggest difference to those that we work with, our colleagues, our patients, and you know our, our junior learners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know I think you've all, uh, both used um, our podcast with your students, haven't you, for for some of the learnings as well. Oh yeah, definitely. So um, it's I think that's one of the things also. It's just about encouraging people to find different things that work for different people. Mm. So um, things like podcasts now um, are just a way to reach a different group and for a different group to hear. So some people like to read things, some people like to hear a discussion. Um, so it's all sorts of different ways that you can reach out to sort of just support people's knowledge and growth. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'd agree. Yeah, and obviously with these different platforms that we have sometimes obviously you can do things you know whilst you're driving to work you can put a podcast on uh, to listen and and a lot of maybe what we're talking about you know i'm sure a, a lot of your listeners will probably think well this isn't rocket science you know it's not anything you know with, there's there's no real major epiphany moments but actually it's just taking that time to to appreciate what we do as individuals and those strengths that we have uh, and you know being kind to ourselves um so that when we are busy and things like that it's just picking out those little bits that obviously make us who we are uh, and obviously then like I say those are the things that make the biggest difference to our patients. Mm-hmm. Thank you I wanted to to ask you finally both of you so I'll, I'll go back to you Amy actually to start with is um, what what your top tips are for both giving and receiving feedback because I imagine you you know about both. Yeah, yeah and um, I'll go and steal them all from Lawrence now but actually one of um, <laughs> One of Lawrence's first ones just there about it would be my first one is that just be kind to yourself. So um, try try and see the whole picture rather than a part picture. Um, but, uh, but I recognise that none of us are brilliantly good at that. So then the next thing when you think with that one to, together with the two of those things together is give yourself some time to absorb. And I definitely think if you're thinking about a form written feedback to a formal assignment especially at a summative point where maybe you've not done as well as you would have hoped to have done um actually one of my top tips is to allow yourself to be annoyed with it Um, (laughs) and what i mean by that is just to let those emotions and feelings pass before you then go back to it one of the things i probably notice a lot is that the students who are reactive to that feedback can then not have a very open discussion with you straight away afterwards and really unpick and understand. Whereas the student who gets annoyed, whether they're frustrated with themselves, a bit frustrated with the marker, don't necessarily agree with everything, goes away, processes it, and then comes to you a couple of days later to say, can we discuss that feedback, will always be far more able to listen, be receptive, and by the time you've finished, hear the positives as well as the negatives. So they would be my first two things and then I'll see what Lawrence has got to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah so in terms of receiving feedback be the same yeah my biggest thing would be about 
being open to, to receiving feedback and as I said, you know, not feeling that obviously we have to be perfect and actually there's there's always learning. You know, they say every day is a school day. You know, there's, there's always opportunities to, to add strings to our bow. Um, but it's also, you know, assessing the value of feedback and, and sort of weighing up the consequences of, of not engaging with it uh, as well. So thinking about, you know, the power uh, of feedback and actually if somebody's you know, hitting the nail on the head and it can be something that can make a huge difference to both your academic progress, but also your practice. Uh, it's really important that you know you take that moment like Amy says to maybe process it and think about okay so what does this mean for me how can I use this to my advantage because you know for us as tutors you know we don't obviously write things for the sake of writing them you know we try and make it as objective and specific to, to the learners as possible so that you know there is a point to it um, and as I say you know there's always learning to take place so it, having that openness and being able to obviously acknowledge the value of that feedback is, is so important um, do you want me to go on to talk about obviously giving feedback or? Yeah, that, yeah. that would be good, yeah. Because obviously in terms of obviously giving feedback is, I suppose, trying to be clear. <laughs> um, so for uh, many of us obviously trying to be as specific as possible. So one of the things we often talk about is, you know, that sort of vague, generic sort of feedback. You know, what does it mean? Whereas actually if you pinpoint something and, and again, well, weighing up uh, obviously what's needed in a particular moment because obviously if a student for example you know has a few things that maybe they need to develop what's the priority what do we need to be maybe start with because sometimes when we give feedback we say this isn't this needs improving this needs improving and it can feel quite overwhelming so for us as the, the person giving the feedback it's important that we maybe structure it so that you know a student can actually uh, sort of uh, identify what it is they need to focus on first um, and also you know try and uh, you know be timely with feedback so making sure that it's you know you're not delayed so if there is something that needs to be addressed that it's obviously you know um, done in a relatively you know reasonable time frame so that the the learner can obviously use that to their advantage so for me obviously giving feedback is making sure that it's on time but also making sure that you know there's a point to it um, and actually that there's that clarity mm, yeah thank you do, do either of you have anything else to add on on the topic of uh, giving or receiving feedback i know we've, we've covered quite a lot yeah i, I just had one other thing was thinking about particularly if you're a practitioner giving feedback in clinical practice one of the things that's worth noting is trying to signpost it uh, um so again what i mean by that is um actually trying to see even if you're literally and um, this is a very um ward-based adult nursing scenario but you know analogy but you know even if you're just taking five minutes in the sluice it's actually just to say to the person can i just at the end of the shift you know that was a great shift today these but let me just give you some feedback on it so that people are aware that that's what you're doing because otherwise those little comments just go unmissed so mm. here's the things that are really were positive and worked really well today maybe tomorrow maybe next shift we can just try and focus a little bit more on x or um and do those only and the other tip i would give just for a student is try to engage in all of the opportunities there are for feedback one of the things that we particularly in our institution and i know as an external examiner in others um we have lots of opportunities for formative midpoint feedback whether that's on an assignment maybe producing a plan or giving a little section and most tutors will put at the end of feedback that's submitted you know I'm very happy to meet with you and discuss this and actually very few students engage well with formative feedback 
So if you're not going to take those opportunities, then what you need to do when you get your summative feedback is look at that and take some time to make sure you understand it. Otherwise, it's it's not a process that feeds forward. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really useful point. I thought particularly the, the labelling that this is feedback because, yeah, quite often we, we all miss those comments otherwise, don't we? Yeah. Um, Lawrence, were you going to add something there? Uh, not especially, I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were. <laughs> no, no, um, I just wanted to, to thank you both as well because um, listeners um, will be able to uh, find out more from you both who've um, also produced some great videos for our student site, NS Students, so um, you can hear and see more from both Amy and Lawrence there, which is a, a great resource. So, um, yeah, thank you both very much for, for taking part in the Nursing Standard podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that all the resources connected with this episode of the show can be found at rcni.com forward slash podcast, where you can also catch up on any episodes you may have missed or simply want to play back. And we greatly appreciate any feedback, so please do rate or review us on Apple or Spotify podcasts, which will also help other people to find us. I hope you enjoyed the show.